and welcome back to Traditions. I'm Ron Olesko. Glad you're with us today on WFDU, or perhaps you're all listening on Folk Music Notebook. Perhaps you're having a great day. And I know during this next hour, you're going to have a great time because we have a wonderful guest with us. Uh, I'm sure all of you have heard him before. You've heard him on this program. Uh, he appeared for a while as Ramblin' Bob, and also, as you, you know him, as a member of Modern Man. And I'm sure you know him as an amazing songwriter. Um, he kind of burst on the scene back in the early 70s. He used to perform with John Gilmore, uh, Peace, Peaceable Kingdom. He, uh, they recorded an album for Polydor. And after they broke up, he continued to record. He worked uh, doing all kinds of work, uh, creating radio jingles, commercials, records, uh, worked for the American Comedy Network, ABC Radio Networks, and he continues to write and record some amazing songs. And he's just released a new album. Uh, I'll, I'll fall short of calling it a greatest hits because you have so many. It would, it would, we would need a box set of, of greatest hits, but you've got a number of new songs and some older songs that are recorded. And I am pleased to welcome to the show the one and only Rob Carlson. Rob, how you doing today? I'm really, really fine for a fat old man. You know, <laughs> it could be a lot worse. Yeah. Remember, you're only as old as you make others feel. And whenever I see you, I feel young at heart. Modern man, we used to say uh, youth is fleeting, but immaturity can last a lifetime. <laughs> there you go. There. What was the other one? Growing up is uh, growing older is mandatory. Growing up is optional. So yeah. that's, a, <laughs> that's another one. Well, I tell you, you you're... You're growing finer as the years go by because this new album, which I believe you recorded during the uh, uh, pandemic, uh, is just brilliant. I, it's simply titled Rob Carlson, and uh, it's been out for a couple of months now. We've been playing some songs on both Traditions and Folk Music Notebook. Uh, but but tell us the history of this. I mean, you weren't sitting around twiddling your thumbs on uh, during the pandemic. You kept busy. Well, you got to do something. And, and the beauty of it was, I mean, the pandemic actually in an odd way almost helped. Uh, not, you know, I'm not I'm not coming. I'm not pro pandemic. I'm not right. in that the, a whole bunch of really fine musicians. In fact, just virtually everybody was sitting at home going, I, I'm making no money. And and what am I going to do? You know, and, and there were it, it dried up all of the live gigs, basically, for everybody. So, uh I was, uh, you know, recording uh, on and off for like three years. This took to record uh, some of it was older songs that I wanted to upgrade. And uh, I could call people up and, and some really, really fine musicians, particularly uh, Pete and Tony Levin. Uh, Pete's Pete's uh, not as well known. Tony's quite famous as a bass player. He's played like with everybody in Europe, in England, you know. Uh -huh. uh, you know Tony, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, he just finished the last King Crimson tour, and they've announced that they won't be doing any more. Uh, but anyway, uh, and his brother Pete is a Juilliard-trained jazz piano player who played with Gil Evans and Miles Davis and and all of this, and and just you know as as good as it gets. Mm -hmm. And he's and he's he's good in any style. He's not a jazz snob. Uh, I'm not a good enough jazz player to g deal with a guy who has contempt for what I do, which is basically folk rock, acoustic pop, whatever you want to call it. You know, uh, I came out of the folk boom and then went through, heard the birds do tambourine men said, I got to get an electric guitar like everybody <laughs> did. 
you know. And then the Beatles and all of that. Oh, just, yeah. It was a whole other world from from Puff the Magic Dragon, you know, from right. I don't love Peter, Paul and Mary and, and, and Chad Mitchell Trio and all of those people that when I was in junior high school were like, you know, my idols. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've since got to play with a lot of them and meet a lot of them and be on stage with them. And it's, it's just great, you know, just sure. where your dreams come true, you know, if you give it long enough. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so I, could, I called up Pete Levin and said, I got to, you know, he's the piano player on, on several of the tunes on the album and said, uh, would you like to do this? And, and, you know, he was absolutely sure. He was sitting home going, you know, I need some money. <laughs> so I paid yeah. him some money and, you know, I'm less than he should have gotten because, you know, I just didn't have it. Sure. Uh, it's got to be a question of whether, you know, I was going to do this at all. Now, uh, I'm not going to go into it, but now I have more money than I used to. So uh, I have some money to put into things and uh, uh, some promotional money and stuff for this record. So, uh, But anyway, so Pete did it and I just was thinking, well, you know, what about your brother? What about Tony? Do you think he's a, he'd be willing to do this? So Pete asked Tony, he gave me Tony's number, you know, or not number, he gave me his email. And I emailed Tony. He said, "Sure, he would do it." Uh, so we didn't. There's, he's on two of the cuts on this album, plus some other really fine. A guy named Jeff Southworth is playing electric guitars on everything. I'm an acoustic guitar player, basically. You know, it's mm-hmm. my folky roots, but I don't. My my hands are not deft enough. I'm you know to to really shred on electric guitar mm. with the slinky strings and stuff because. My hands. Plus, I got arthritis now, so it's, yeah, that's that's a problem. But but I managed to do uh, six, uh, actually uh, reduce the arthritis quite a bit. And you know, the flexibility by taking uh, uh, turmeric. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, Jeff Southport was is a, a guitar player that he's not as he toured with Holland Oates for a while. He's the uh, lead player and uh soloist on uh kiss on my list you know that tune that the Holland notes did mm-hmm. and uh he's a he's a session guy he's a he's a new york and and you know he's, he's one of the he plays on a zillion sessions right tour as much so jeff is playing on, on everything that's got an electric guitar on this record is jeff and uh, of course every everything on every drums all the drums on this record are my son, are Sam Carlson, who is not only my pride and joy and my darling boy, you know, damn <laughs> fine drummer, solid yeah. as rock, and just you'll hear when you listen to it, he sounds as good as anybody, you know, to be Phil Collins, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, I think all of these artists uh, and yourself and also um, Amanda Homie doing some backing vocals right on the very f- yeah, they're on the very first cut, Your Own Lion Eyes. Um, any story behind this song before we hear it? Well, it's it's not autobiographical. Okay. It did not happen to me. Uh, I always like, you know, among the many things I like about Randy Newman is the way he sings as characters. And, he, you know, he, he's a character in the song. It's not Randy. And often his characters are jerks. <laughs> you know, they are. If, you, if you're Randy Newman, you know, he... And this guy's a jerk. This is this is a, a rich guy who's been caught in flagrante delicto with the cleaning lady and just trying to brazen his way out of it. 
and his wife is not buying it. <laughs> Basically, is what's happening here. But it did not happen to me. It had nothing to do with the eagles, just because it says your own lion eyes. Right. I got the line from a Marx Brothers movie. It's a Groucho line from I'm not sure which movie, but I think it's either the one where they're on this uh, the boat or the one where they're in the college. Okay, uh, I think the college was um, monkey business, if I'm not mistaken. Might have been. What was the one where they're on the, cruise the, the ship? boat? Was that the one with the uh, the uh, stateroom scene? Um, yeah. Night at the Opera. That's Night at the Opera. That's his. Uh, but, uh, he, there's Margaret Dumont, which was this big woman that was his foil all the time. He's always so right. so he says, you know, who are you gonna believe me or your own lion eyes? You know? <laughs> so that's where I got it. You know, and and the rest is history. So that's that's what the song is about. Pete Levin on piano, Tony Levin on bass, uh, Jeff Southworth on electric guitar, Sam Carlson on drums, uh, Amanda Homey is singing backups on this along with me. There's like two Amandas and me in this, the three-part stack. She's double on top, and then I'm, you know, the third part underneath it. And uh, I don't recall who else, but I think that's about it.
And that was Your Own Lion Eyes, the cut that leads off the new self-titled album from Rob Carlson, who is our guest today. And, and Rob, that you know, we were talking about some of the great artists that you were able to get to uh, to, to perform with you on this album. And, and that really kind of sets the tone for, for the album. It's uh, jazzy. It's, um, as you said before, you know, you're, you're, you're hard to classify. And I think that's great because... You know, as you listen to this album, you know, there are, what, 12 cuts here? And each one has a different feel, a different sound to it. And it's always, oh, oh boy, what's coming up next? You know, you you make it so interesting for the listener. Um, I hope so, because I, I try to do that. I try to not repeat myself and have every song be different. Uh, and sometimes that's professional suicide in that, uh, I guess, if... if uh, People just like a certain kind of thing, you know, like some of the folkies are really traditional minded and uh, don't even want to have a pickup on their guitar, you know, kind of folky as versus. But, you know, as we were saying before, it, it's a broad, it's a big tent. Sure. And it's a, it's a diverse tent too, and I, I think what uh, what you've done on this album is great. Now, you, you've, you mentioned that you've... Um, You've kind of reworked some of the older songs as well. I, I, how did you choose what came on this album? I mean, I know you wrote a lot of new stuff. Uh, you know, we've been hearing the, the, the songs that you've been releasing to us. Um, and there's some great new ones here as well. But, you know, you revisited some. You actually, you know, you revisited a, a Modern Man song, the Channel Surfing, which was always a, 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 a big highlight of any Modern Man concert. Um, how did you choose the, uh, which ones to redo? Well, uh, there were several songs. I made a whole album of songs with Beth Bradley. It's a very acoustic album, the one with Beth, and and, and it's uh, it's more gentle and laid back and acoustic. And there are some cuts on it I absolutely adore, and I wouldn't touch. Uh, and then there are some cuts that I always thought with the this song was called uh, "Why Not" on that album, and I just the more I listened to it, the more I thought, well, this could rock harder. Mm-hmm. So uh, I called up Jeff Southworth again and said, can you play some electric guitars on this? And he did. And uh, recut my lead vocal, uh, remixed the drums up hotter and mixed it more like a rock record. And uh, uh, Jeff played like what Jeff does is he does like five tracks of guitar, you know, more than he need. Yeah, I don't even use it all sometimes, you know, but... <laughs> That's what a good studio, a good session guy does. He gives you everything you could possibly want, you know. Right. Uh, so he so uh, then remixed it, and I just love the way it came out. Uh, and uh, that one's, um, you know, th- that's how that happened. And then there were a couple other things that were, let's see, from earlier records. Actually, the the last cut uh, is uh, is a reggae thing, just that was on an earlier record as well, but I recut my lead vocal and remixed it. And uh, it's, it's really just a remix of that. I didn't, there's not a whole lot of new material on that one. And that's the song Isaac Smiles, right? Isaac Smiles. Oh, yeah, I, I love that piece, one, yeah. One the Benefit Street Band. I did right. a couple records with, uh, with a, the band that I used on the road, which is uh, Vinnie Pasternak and, and uh, Paul Payton, basically, and then Sam playing drums. and. Yeah, couldn't it be was was originally why not and this is the new rockier version of it time and time again was an update for you know that had been previously previously released but again i, I re-sang it 
and remixed it and made some change, re replayed my acoustic guitar part. And uh, Beth is on that, playing some very nice, uh, she's quite a good acoustic player, Beth mm -hmm. Bradley. Uh, Strange Things Happen was also on the album I did with Beth, but I never liked the way that came out. I mean, it, uh, on that album, because basically I was playing, it's, it's jazzy, it's in E flat, and I was playing the keyboard part, and I suck. Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 I suck. Uh, oh. I, you know, I'm a good guitar player, and I'm a real good singer, and I'm a good writer, but my my keyboard playing just really eats it. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> so I want to, I, I asked, is that, that's a guy named Chris Coogan, who's a jazz player from around here, and, and a monster, just, a, you know, great, great player. And also uh, Jim Clark who's a transplanted West Coast guy that lives in Norwalk now, Norwalk, Connecticut, uh, on uh, soprano sax on that, on that tune, uh, Strange wow. Things Happen, which, which I, and, and so using uh, just better, better players, you know, get, get a real jazz keyboard player and not me. You know, right. And Tony agreed to play on that one. Tony Levin's on being, doing that sneaky, wonderful, all over the place thing. I mean, it's like, but it all works. I mean, Tony just, it all just friggin' works. And then he sends me this, this, you know, track of the bass part and I can just lay it in. I've never met Tony. You know what I mean? I, I only have dealt with him online. You oh, know? wow. <laughs> yeah, I know Pete well from, that's how I knew Pete Levin from ages ago when I did a bunch of vocal sessions on projects he was working on. He hired me as a singer. Uh, so, but Pete was, uh, Pete's not on that one, but Tony is, and he's just, it's, it, it, I don't know if you, you know, listen to individual parts when you listen to the things, you know, I, I do. I think if you make records, you listen to records differently. Yeah. I mean, I, I try to listen to the words, but it's a whole sonic thing that comes through. And, uh, I think it's a great cut. Should, should we play that one now? Strange things happen yeah. or is there, it, yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, uh, listen to the whole thing, but listen to the bass part in particular, but it's all good. Breaks the spell. 
Strange Things Happen, Rob Carlson and Friends, on Rob's new album, the self-titled Rob Carlson. Rob, how many albums have you recorded now in your, your career? Ooh, uh, well, going way back with Peaceable Kingdom, you know, and with John Gilmore and on the, the Polydor album from back in the 70s, that was sort of the start of it. And um, recently, there's been four or five now since I started getting back into this. I sort of stopped uh, writing and playing and went into radio for a while, mm-hmm. uh, 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 a rock station where basically I was a, a production director. I was doing making commercials and writing. I've, so I've done I've done like seven thousand radio commercials in the course wow. of wow, yeah, that's a lot. I paid a lot of bills, but it, uh-huh. it's a bit of a drag. I, I got so I hated it. I didn't want to do it anymore, but uh, but it paid, you know, yeah. and. Uh, some other things, but it wasn't until, uh, you know, and then I sort of got back into doing it seriously about, uh, uh, well, Modern Man, uh, yeah, bef- just before Modern Man, I started to try to get back into the, the live folky scene and uh, ran into a folk DJ that I'm sure you know, uh, uh, John Stein. Oh, yeah. And he used to book a place up in upstate New York called Boodle's Opera House. Right. I remember it well. So he heard some stuff of mine. In fact, he heard the parodies Lost Tape and liked it a lot. And uh, 
booked David Buskin and me on a split bill at Boodles up in Cheshire, New York. So we did that and I ran in there and David really liked what I was doing and I really liked what David was doing. We talked to each other, discovered we'd gone to the same college. So, uh, you know, we had that and we decided, well, let's let's do something. You know, so that's how Modern Man came about. And David had already been working with George Wurzbach, uh, a keyboard piano player and everybody. Well, you know, George Wurzbach. Sure. And uh, so he brought George in and we became a trio. Originally, we had a fourth guy who was Andy Breckman, who was one of the funniest human oh, beings yeah. on the planet, but he could barely play and sing. I mean, he really swatted three chords and could barely carry a tune. And he went off to with the West Coast and started uh, Monk, you know, the, this, the, the detective thing. Uh, sure. Yeah, I remember that well. So he did very well. And so he, you know, Monk's still out there and reruns, you know. So Andy did fine. He had the sense to get out of it because he wasn't a musician. So George and David and I just sort of said, hey, we're all reasonably good musicians here. Let's write and do a trio. And uh, so huh. that, yeah, after, then after Modern Man, uh, well, anyway, after the radio. But yeah, so when I got, since, since I got back into it seriously, well, if you count the Modern Man albums, it's more like eight, probably. There were, uh, there were three Modern Man albums. And... Uh, and then I've done at least, uh, you know, five of my own, I think, at this point. Uh, it's beautiful. And, you know, it's funny. I just want that the story. I never knew that about uh, John Stein's involvement with getting you guys together. I, I have to inject myself into that because I'm the one that got John Stein into radio at WFDU in the early 80s. Oh, yeah? was, I knew him as a singer-songwriter. And I said, John, you know, you, you, you have a good knowledge of music. Why don't you come over to FDU and try a show? Well, I don't know if I could. We got him into the studio. He learned it. And then... Well, as they say, the rest is history. He's still doing it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's all those connections that happen between people. And you never know what's going to happen. You know, you that's just, true. You, you throw it out there and see what comes back. You know? <laughs> well, a- another connection you, you mentioned is um, Beth Bradley. And, uh, you know, that was that lovely album that you recorded with her and, you know, some songs on here. You, you had mentioned that there was another song um I think it was uh, Couldn't It Be that you recorded on this album. Yeah. Beth and I did a more acoustic version of it because uh, we were trying to keep the album that we made acoustic, basically. It, and it was called Why Not? I always thought it, it could rock harder. Uh, terrible thing to say in folk music notebook, but <laughs> I <laughs> no, wanted no. it to rock harder. I uh, re- you know asked Jeff Southworth, who is a session guy, uh, best known for touring with Hall and Oates for quite a while, and uh, um, just a, a monster electric guitar player, uh, great guy, and lives lives near here. So uh, I got Jeff to come in and play some stuff on it, and it improved it a lot, I thought. And then I recut my lead vocal, which and and uh, um, it's better, I think, and uh, uh, mixed Sam's drums. Sam Carlson, my son, playing the drums, mixed the drums up hotter so that uh, it sounded more like a rock record, did a rock mix on it, you know, and uh, and love it the way it came out. So that's why I wanted to play it. It's kind of a weird song. It's a little kind of psychedelic uh, fantasy trip. <clears throat> Tim Leary appears, um, Jerry Garcia appears, uh, and uh, the, the Scottish poet Bobby Barnes 
is ripped off in the beginning. <laughs> I, I ripped off if a body meet a body coming through the rye, you know. Right. So uh, that, it starts there and just sort of has its own uh, stoned out logic to it, uh, which I have come by honestly. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I do I do enjoy my my, my weed, you know. Right. So uh, that's what that one's all about.
just heard couldn't it be rob carlson on his new album the self-titled cd rob is our guest today on traditions and uh rob as you mentioned before you that's uh, beth is also on that recording it's kind of a reworking of the, of the piece that you did with with beth on, on the track. yeah she's singing backgrounds and playing there's a sort of a lead acoustic guitar mm-hmm. and then the, the, that's beth yeah and rhythm acoustic on that is me and then there's jeff Southworth on electrics all over it. It's it's a great cut, and uh, I remember seeing the two of you performing that live, and uh, I, I think it speaks to all of us who are of a certain age. Uh, some of the lyrics are there, and as you mentioned, Robbie Burns as well. Uh, it's a really it's it's a beautiful song, and uh, I'm glad you re-recorded it for for this new album. Uh, so you know, you you're, the pandemic, you obviously kept busy uh, writing and creating this, uh, this this album um i'm betting that there's probably other songs that you've got in the in the hopper that uh you didn't include on this album yeah i'm working on, i'm always working on stuff there's always you know stuff uh, but you know until it's ready for prime time you know and then then i'll record it um if there's something that i think is good enough to record you know then there's mm-hmm. a, a lot of fragments that either you know are fragments and they're not really they haven't really gelled yet and stuff but uh i've got one i'm working on now that uh is it called uh shadrach meshach and abednego which is from the bible right you know that story yeah there that there wasn't there already a song about that somebody there else is. there is louis armstrong did a song that other people have too of shadrach you know and Basically, I don't think the songs that, that he did was very good. Uh-huh. Louis Armstrong could make anything look good. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. He's absolutely a genius and a master and the, the greatest jazz player of all time, as some people say. And I would, who am I to argue? Uh, and he does it great. The song itself, I just thought needed improvement. So I have, I have a whole other, much weirder version <laughs> <laughs> of working on that. That's again like up-tempo rocky jazzy i want to get pete and tony to play it on if i can and, and, and jeff and and all of that and put that team together again if they will uh-huh. uh, that's so. something to look forward to as well you know you talk about reworking things I, I we don't really have time to play this cut but uh you do a lovely version of dancing in the moonlight i mean when i first heard it, i'm thinking to myself wait wait a minute did rob write this <laughs> but that- he was the group was called king harvest and uh Sherman Kelly uh, wrote that, and uh, I, th- that's got features John Galemore, who is the guy that I've started out basically did. Uh, well, I had bands and stuff before, but the first time we sort of hit big, we got the uh, record deal with the. We got signed by Tommy Matola as a manager, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Sandy Linzer produced the album, who had just. He was hot because he had just done a uh, brandy. You're a fine girl. Right, right. 
looking glass, I think it was called. Anyway, so that Sandy was coming off of that hit and was the producer there. But we did Peaceable Kingdom, which was we were on Polydor. And uh, and uh, that uh, our careers, you know, I mean, we took off like a shot. We went from playing bars to playing, you know, in front of 10,000 people in the hatch shell in Boston, um, you know, with our picture in the paper and all of this. And it was going great, you know, and and uh, <laughs> John quit. <laughs> yeah, so that was the end of that, you know, of Carlson and Gailmore. So I always wondered what it would have been like if we had done a record you know, records together now that we've had, you know, careers. And basically John was down here for some other thing we were doing. It was a, another thing that he came down. He lives, he lives like in Vermont in a place so remote up Northern Vermont. Uh, you know, you can't, you know, it's not the end of the world, but you can see it from there. <laughs> right. One of those places. So uh, he doesn't get down here often, but, uh, He's also on another song uh, called Americana that's on this record, singing backups and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, just to see what we'd sound like, and uh, he did it, and and he sounded great, of course. He's he's a phenomenal singer. John yeah. is a phenomenal singer. He really is. Uh, and it's, uh, I, you know, I really regret that we didn't stay together and do, do other things. To, we would have been, you know, something really special. And we were something really special. Yeah. And that, that pretty well together, but uh, he wanted to do other things. So yeah, uh, I know I know he's released a couple of solo albums over the years, but very infrequently. He mostly works at, at schools and stuff with children. You know, right, right. But anyway, so uh, that's sort of a a the the a Carlson and Gailmore record. You know, the 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 last Carlson and Gailmore record ever, probably, just uh -huh. to see what it would sound like, and. Uh, the track I did the track up before he did, he showed up to sing. That was all he did on that was was sing, um, sang great of course. And so that's that's what that is. I think that's a, just a beautiful recording. It's good to hear the two of you back together again. Well, uh, Rob, you know we we have uh, uh, some more time left, but I, I do want to squeeze in at least one or two more songs from this wonderful album. Rob Carlson is the title cut. Clever title to think of. I, uh, <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't done a self-titled well, album before. <laughs> I'm surprised. Basically, there wasn't any obvious uh, title cut. Uh -huh. I was thinking about, uh, you know, using maybe uh, uh, Couldn't It Be would have made it nice. But the more I thought about it, I didn't really, nothing was hitting me as well. That's a title cut. So I said, well, the heck with it. I'll just call it the Rob Carlson and that'll be that. Yeah. Uh, I well, don't mean it. It's not a best of. It's, no. It's, it's an album. You know, I'll, when I do, they, you do the best of when you're going to die. You know? so, <laughs> no. When you see my best of album, you know, uh, that I'm uh, sayonara. I'm on my way oh, out. it's uh, going to be a box set because you've got so much stuff. But you know what? If I were going to pick a title cut, I almost would say here we are because uh, you know that's kind of where we are right now. You know, and this is uh, this is you at your stage in life, uh, yeah. and you've chosen twelve great songs to share. Well, uh, I want to play before we end. I, I do want to play here we are. So uh, you want to give us a little background of the song? Well, here we are. Is uh, I started out uh, the 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 rhythms of it. It's in it's in a six. So it, it drifts back and forth just by feel between a two feel and a three feel. Because you got, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six. And you got one, two, one, two. 
and it goes back and forth between those two things. And that was the influence of listening to West African music. Mm -hmm. uh, they they uh, do some really tricky stuff, and it, it takes a while often uh, to figure out where the downbeat is, you know, to figure out where one is, if you know, and that stuff. So that, and it, you know, world of music, I got into listening to some of that. And the idea hit me that, uh, you know, walking on sacred ground, that because of the all the lives that have been lived all these centuries and eons, you know, all over the world and, and all of, that everywhere you can go is sacred ground because of the, the, the humanity that's gone on there. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of what it's about. So well, 
In the language we speak The things that we've made In the songs and the stories we tell And that was Here We Are from Rob Carlson's newest album, Rob Carlson, on Inverted Turtle Records is the <laughs> your self-titled record label. Uh, Rob, it's always such a pleasure to, to, to talk with you and to hear your, your music. And I'm sure our listeners are probably going to want to find out more. What, what's your website? Uh, RobCarlsonMusic.com. Mm-hmm. Rob Carlson Music is all one word. Dot com, and you can find out more than you ever wanted to know about. <laughs> well, uh, plus, uh, let me just say that if you go there, uh, there's not a whole on the on the CD itself because not that many people buy CDs anymore. I didn't include all the metadata, you know, all the, you know, the. But if you go to the website, there's a whole link to all the lyrics and all the credits. Who's playing what on what? And you know the publishing information stuff. Like nobody cares about that stuff. But uh, but the the credits. If you want to see who's doing what, uh, it's all there on the website. It's 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 a great way to do it. And you know you just kind of hit on something before we end. Uh, just one more question to ask you. You know you you've been doing this for a couple of years now, as you mentioned, starting out in the early seventies. And obviously, you've seen a lot of changes in the business. And as you just mentioned, you know people aren't buying CDs like they used to. For an artist like yourself, um, that's got to make it difficult. I mean, I, I know we're all getting up, up up in years, but you know, how do you get your music out there these days? Uh, it's all people listen to the streaming services. You know, uh, I have a Bandcamp uh, site, and Bandcamp's probably the easiest place to hear the whole thing. And you can hear whole cuts. I don't do this business where you get 30 seconds and then you have to decide if you want to buy the song. Uh, you hear the whole cut. If you want to download it, you download it. Uh, but uh, Bandcamp is, is is a good way to do it. You can get it on my website via 
our own fulfillment person, you know, our web, um, Valerie McGee, who does that. And uh, it's mostly downloading individual cuts if anybody downloads it at all, or they just mm -hmm. listen to it. And then I get, you know, a, a half cent a play or something from whatever, you know, Spotify, forget it. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, uh, but CD Baby and, uh, uh, you know, YouTube and uh, Apple and, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of, it's mostly that. So I don't, just between you and me, I don't get these, the vinyl thing. Yeah. That, you know, I, it, I was so happy when vinyl went out of business because as a DJ <laughs> and I can imagine as an artist trying to carry those albums around trying to sell them at the gigs that's if, if you like you know snap crackle and pop and warping and skipping and you know can't leave them in the back window of your car you <laughs> know, kind of stuff you know then you're going to love vinyl but to me it's a they're a pain in the ass and I don't think they sound that much better than no. Yeah, then, then, yeah, so I don't know why anybody is into that, but they are. Uh, kids today, I'm telling you. Well, <laughs> well listen, Rob, I, 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 again, I want to thank you for being with us today. And we're going to end with one more song because if any, anybody who knows Rob Carlson, you, you'll know about the, the delightful sense of humor you have. And uh, there's a song on here which is a particular favorite of mine, An Infinite Number of Monkeys. And I, I guess you base that on the old uh, saying that you know, if you get an infinite number of monkeys yeah. in a room, sooner or later they're going to write Hamlet. Um, I think actually they become Facebook uh, uh, writers, <laughs> commenters at times too. But uh, Bob Newhart had a thing on that. He said, hey, I think we've got something here. You know, he's looking at the monkeys, you know. To be or not to be, that is the Gznorgensnik. <laughs> oh, you know? Right. You know, this is also, this song is about my work process, which is basically just keep dicking around with it until it gets good. <laughs> you <know? laughs> well, you've been doing a lot of picking around because uh, it certainly is good. Rob Crossett, thank you so much for being with us today, and uh, we look forward to what the future brings. Thanks for having me, Ron. I really appreciate it. And now here's Rob Carlson with an infinite number of monkeys. That's what people say Sooner or later you get Dostoevsky, Flaubert and Hemingway Singing OMG OMG Working on Ginsburg, Captain's working on Poe. A couple of them might be doing Finnegan's Wake, but 
How would we ever know? You got your marmosets working on Socrates, Plato and Aristotle. And the spiders got heavy into Charles Bukowski. Now they're all hitting the bottle. But you gotta keep your eye on your simians Their attention spans are short Pretty soon your orangutans are shopping on eBay The baboons are looking at sports The macaques are heavy in the Grand Theft Auto So Freddy should be a one But your gorillas are off playing fantasy football And your bonobos are looking at This is Rob Carlson using my very best radio voice to tell you you're listening to Traditions over 89.1 FM, WFTU Teaneck. You can also catch the show on the internet at www.wfdufm.com.